This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. On this show, we have introduced you to many of the natural wonders in our region. Several of them are best-kept secrets. But now, one of those secrets has gotten out to the world. The New York Times has published its 2022 Places for a Changed World. Essentially, the best places in the world for sustainable travel. Number 28 is the Red Sea Mountain Trail in Egypt. Number 30 is the Inner Hebrides Islands in Scotland. And nestled between them at number 29 is the Little Calumet River. With us to help understand the extraordinary richness of this waterway and its deep African-American history is Karen Weigert. She is Reset's sustainability contributor and executive vice president at Slipstream, a clean energy innovation nonprofit. Hi, Karen. Great to have you back. Great to join you. Why do waterways like the Little Calumet River matter, Karen, especially for our region? It's really just such an extraordinary example of how we deepen our understanding of Chicago. We can talk about geography, you can talk about ecology, you can talk about culture, but it's really about our deeper understandings of this place and how we're all tied to it. And so it was remarkable to see the New York Times and, and nestle in our little Calumet River in this mm-hmm. broader understanding of global solutions through travel. So why did you pick this natural gem specifically? Yeah, this is a, a place where you can hop in and paddle and canoe and kayak, but really you can start in Chicago near Bobian Woods in the Calumet region and paddle through to Robbins, the majority African-American south suburb. It was actually African-American-led at its incorporation over 100 years ago. And while you're in this beautiful place and this varied landscape, you're actually experiencing almost 200 years of African-American history. Well, Karen, you, you brought along two guests with you to, to give us some more background. Uh, so let's uh, introduce uh, Tyrone Haymore, who is co-founder and executive director of the Robbins History Museum. And Laura Barkusen is Blue A's director of Open Lands. Tyrone and Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll start with you, Laura. The, uh, the New York Times list, it included locations from you know, colored rock formations in India even down to a humble brickwork church in London. How did they find this waterway? Um, I think it began with uh, WBEZ's Jerome McDonald paddling um, with myself and a few other people on the Little Calumet River when we had just begun work on getting together the stories and information for an African-American heritage water trail. Uh He went out. Um, on the water with us and wrote a story. And I think um, the BBC, which recently also did a story, um, which had a short film inserted into it as well, um, got uh, wind of it from that earlier story. And then I think the New York Times um, picked it up from the BBC story. Ah, So we sparked this whole thing? Interesting. I believe so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Tyrone, tell us more about the history of of Robbins and how it ties into the river. Well, thank you very much. Yes, Robbins is uh, wonderful. A little over 300 black towns in the United States. It is the third oldest black town in the United States. And uh, what makes it so historically important is that we we had the first black owned and operated airport. Uh, wow. Small airport, but it was, and it turned out to be the real genesis beginning of the Tuskegee Airmen as we know them. Wow. Well, about what year was that? Do you know? 1931 is when the airport in Robbins was built by uh, two men, John C. Robinson and Cornelius R. Coffey. 
And then two women joined them later, Janet Braggs and Willa Brown. And they started a uh, a, um, a school there after they learned to fly, which was another uh, made-for-movie story that one day that they got how they uh, were not allowed to enter the all-white aviation school in Chicago, mm-hmm. which was called the Curtis Wright Aeronautical University, which the building is still standing on Michigan. And it now is a historic landmark because of the blacks that were finally admitted admitted, in, admitted to the school, but it took some quite a bit of uh, changing Interesting. To, to make that happen. But mm-hmm. when it happened, uh, the racial problem still didn't have these guys were finally admitted uh, to the aviation school. There was still a lot of racial tension in the school, but they did so well that they decided to leave the school and start their own black aviation school so blacks wouldn't have to go through the racial humiliation that they had to endure. And they did that in Robbins. Very interesting. It, it, the the town is also connected to other famous and historical figures, right? Absolutely. That's the another thing. We got, uh, like I say, now oh, we got nine to, nine original Tuskegee Airmen uh, from Robbins. Then we have these movie actors, uh, Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek. Oh. She was born. She was born in Robbins. Her father was the mayor. He was the third mayor of Robbins. And then we have uh, Dwayne Wade, the athlete. Uh, we, and we have uh, uh, Mr. T. A lot of people don't know, and he doesn't talk a lot about nice. it. But he actually, his childhood growing up was in Robbins, Illinois. I had no idea. Yes, and uh, there are tons of it. And the latest one is Kiki Palmer. You may know her Rice. from the movie yes. called Bochila and the Beast. She is from Robbins. Mm-hmm. She's a great actress. Uh, yes. There are so many. I really can't put them on out because I didn't write a list down. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's, by what's in my head right that's now. good enough. That, uh, that's but there are interesting. many more, and they're inventors and writers, and uh, a lot of important people come out of this town. And then there was uh, Mr. S.B. Fuller. He was one of the first black millionaires in this in this country. He built his mansion in mm-hmm. Robbins on Ketsy Avenue, which is right at the end of the of the uh, Little Calumet River uh, uh, Trail that comes uh, down the the, the the Heritage Trail yeah. will end in Robbins. And thank goodness it ends right at Ketsy Avenue, <laughs> where the Fuller Mansion is. And the Fuller Mansion was donated to my museum about five years ago, and we're working now to get it renovated to make it and open it to the public as right. a museum. Yeah, we, we talked about the uh, the Fuller Mansion here on uh, our regular series, What's That Building? Um, yes. Laura, right. tell us That's more, right. Laura, about your role uh, at Open Lands and, and then how you got involved with Tyrone. Okay, yeah. Um, at Open Lands, I work with waterways um, throughout the greater Chicago region, and uh, both to improve habitat and water quality, and also to improve public access to the waterways. Um, and Open Lands work to help create and implement um, the Northeastern Illinois Regional Water Trail Plan. And we've really been working on it since the 1990s. And the plan presents a vision for publicly accessible canoe and kayak trails on 10 waterways throughout the region. Mm-hmm. And the Little Calumet River and the Calseg Channel are included in those waterways. Um, so back in 2018, Open Lands uh, participated in a planning process that was initiated by the Forest Preserves of Cook County, and it was aimed to better connect the communities near Bobian Woods um, 
which is a forest preserve on the north bank of the Little Calumet River near the Bishop Ford Expressway to the Little Calumet River and also to Bobian Woods itself. So the idea was to connect the communities. Um, and uh, Bobian Woods offers access to the river, um, you know, as, long, as well as access to other uh, natural areas within that preserve. And so one of the outcomes of the planning process was the idea of connecting communities to the river by telling these really significant African-American history that took place along the river corridor in the neighborhoods and in the villages along the banks. Um, and so uh, through the creation of African-American Heritage Water Trail um, that would run from Bobian Woods to Robbins, mm-hmm. I was introduced to Tyrone, um, so that we could include his knowledge and voice in, um, you know, in terms of the history of Robbins mm-hmm. into the creation of a brochure and a story map for the trail. Nice. So it was basically an, an outcome of that planning process. If you're just tuning in, that is Laura Barcusen. She's Blue Way's director for Open Lands. And we're also talking with Tyrone Haymore, co-founder and executive director of the Robbins History Museum. In about 10 minutes on Reset, we're going to stay on sustainability and we're going to tell you about the massive expansion that's happening for one of Chicago's places, the Shed Aquarium. So don't miss that conversation. Tyrone, tell us how environmental justice ties in to this project. Environmental justice? Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, I don't know, (laughs) to be honest with you. What are you referring to? So the the Blue Ways initiative that you're working on? Laura, if you want, you can step in. Yeah, sure. Um, So um, first of all, um, environmental justice in Chicago was really begun and pioneered um, in Atgeld Gardens by Hazel Johnson. Um, And that is one of the things that we really highlight um, in the Water Trail brochure. Um, And Cheryl Johnson, who is Hazel's daughter uh, worked with us to um, give us information for the trail um, about her work and her mother's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really try to highlight um, that as, you know, one of the really significant uh, pieces of African-American history that, um, you know, can be that took place in this river corridor and can be uh, learned about um, through the African-American Heritage Water Trail. So so there's that historical and also present-day work. Um, and also, depending on how you define environmental justice, um, one thing that we're really trying to do here is make sure that all communities in the Chicago uh, area have access to their waterways, um, you know, for recreation, mm-hmm. for education, and... Um, and one thing that we found is in many places along the Little Calumet River and the Calseg Channel, there is almost no access to the river. Yeah. And so part of our project is really working to change that. Karen, did you want to chime in here? I think the framing that we shared about environmental access, it's about safe, healthy places, but it's also the way those places can connect us to each other and to the broader place where we live. I mean, it's really remarkable when you think about the history of, of national environmental justice being anchored in Oak Hill Gardens. 
a place that is not even on the CTA train lines. It's far south, often viewed as geographically isolated, and yet there's a richness in the history. And now through this water trail, everyone can be close and have an opportunity to touch into that history and the fact that the history continues, the work continues, and you can paddle by and be close to it. Yeah. Tyrone, people often have a perception about your town. Talk a little bit about the perception and what else people don't know but should know about Robin. Yeah, well, there is a lot of misperception about it, and uh, it's, it's, it is uh, a town that was founded uh, by African Americans who migrated here from the Great Migration of the uh, 19, uh, the 1890s, and because of what was happening in the South, and it was a safe haven for blacks to get started uh, the best way they can on their own with their very limited uh, abilities. But um, they managed to do it, and it's remarkable uh, how it has happened. And we uh, we didn't realize that we were the third oldest black community to be established in the United States. And believe it or not, the oldest um, black community is in Illinois also, but it's in southern Illinois. It's, uh, um, they call it Lovejoy, but it's, that's his nickname, but it's really um, – Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Illinois, is the oldest black community in the United States. So um, we're holding the ground pretty good here in Illinois as being a first for African-Americans to resettle. Uh, again, you know, blacks had a hard time adjusting to Chicago. And and even to m- my understanding and knowledge, I didn't realize Chicago was as racist as the South was. I, I didn't realize that until really probably the last 30 years ago, about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the experience that these black guys had of trying to enter the aviation school, and they weren't permitted simply because they were black. And when they filed, decided to file a lawsuit, and that was the only time that they actually got recognition was eventually. And the fact that they proved that if they didn't teach them how to fly, they would teach themselves how to fly. And not only fly, but they built an airplane with a motorcycle engine, which startled everybody. And uh, that's a story that's uh, is going to be made. We're working on trying to get a film uh, on that, uh, done on the movie mm-hmm. on that, because it was really spectacular what these guys did. And uh, and they were the genesis of what we now know at the Tuskegee Airmen. Well, I know you've uh, in in Robbins, um, you've been partnering with uh, with different groups, Tyrone. So can you talk about uh, what partnerships been like for you and, and for the museum? Oh, it's been wonderful because uh, the people, uh, like I said, along the Little Calumet River, uh, you know, it's always was there. We just used it uh, occasionally to to cross over it uh, to and maybe fish occasionally. And uh, but uh, we have a stream here, a creek that we call the Little Tenley Creek, runs through Robbins, which is where most of where the blacks and Robbins hung out. Mm-hmm. The Calumet was just a little uh, was uh, the river was just a little too big and too high, uh, too too low, and the ground was too high for um, there wasn't much fishing going along. It was just more of a uh, attraction site of uh, um, a site, and I'm glad now that they're making use of the land. They're putting water trails through there. Now we can really explore and see more of the, the river that we didn't see before. Uh, to, most blacks didn't pay much attention that, that, that it was there mm-hmm. when we came. And actually, it was some of the early blacks uh, in Robert that helped build it. 
Wow. Uh, yeah, and in 19, they helped construct the, the locale. So I reconstructed it, made it, it made it wider. It used to be half the width that it is now uh, when it was uh, just, you know, a smaller uh, waterway. But uh, when they reconstructed it, it was a lot of the early first blacks and robins helped to construct it and doubled the width of it. Wow. It's what it is today. Well, well, let's look forward, Laura. What are your plans for the future? Um, well, for the future, we um, we're still we're working on developing the trail and also open space uh, on the banks along the trail and doing restoration uh, in the open space. And um, we're working with the city of Chicago, which has. Um, uh, has prioritized investment in the trail, and we're hoping to get um, art along the trail to help interpret the history, um, to have programs for local youth to learn to interpret the trail and offer trips on the trail, um, and to work with other of our partners to mm-hmm. create uh, destinations and programming along the trail so that it really becomes... Um, something that uh, both interprets the history and um, engages and offers opportunities to the local community and that people can come and experience in a meaningful way. And and Karen, for you, how does the story continue? What are the, the trends that you're going to follow? You know, when I think about the story, Tyrone mentioned the Black-owned airport that existed in Robbins. And when he and I were chatting last week, he mentioned that when the early planes would come in, they didn't really have radar and sonar the way we do today. And they would use the river as a landmark to help them land. And I think of that as kind of the key trend here and the key theme to pay attention to is the geography here shapes all of us. And as we continue to make more and more places accessible to more people, but also recognize the history, you know, if it's the work here on the Little Calumet, if it's a park like La Villita elsewhere in our Chicago region, Healthy places belong in every neighborhood. That's Karen Weigert, our sustainability contributor, along with Tyrone Haymore of the Robbins History Museum and Laura Barcusen of Open Lands. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.